I have been able to attract so many beautiful experiences, opportunities, people into my life. And I, I really do put it down to that optimistic outlook. Do you ever reflect on what your unique gifts and talents are? It's rare as women to take a moment to think of ourselves in this way. But what would happen if we made an effort to dig into what our gifts are and how we could get more enjoyment, growth and fulfilment from them in our everyday life? This is Topmast, the podcast for women in the middle of their personal and professional journey, who value continuous learning and growth and who want to dedicate time to understand themselves better. This is a space for us to collectively dive deep and witness our true talents, to feel seen by a community of women on a similar journey, and to celebrate and understand our gifts no matter where we are in life. My name is Beck Newman. I'm a creative director living and working in London. In each episode of Topmast, I'll be in conversation with different people who identify as women about what they believe to be their greatest gifts in life. We'll unpack how each woman discovered these gifts, how she nurtures them, and how they manifest in her professional and personal lives. The women I speak to are so generous with sharing their journeys, and all of them are uncovering some brilliant insights, no matter how old they are, where they come from, where they work, or where their passions lie. I hope that in listening to these conversations, you feel invited to reflect on what your own gifts are because I believe that once we acknowledge and nurture our unique gifts, we can find an ongoing sense of fulfillment, wonder, and purpose in our lives. My guest today is Danika Gregg, who I met at high school and reconnected with now that we both live in the UK. Danika is Global Social Impact Communications Director at Dentsu and has also founded her own agency, The Comms Group. I love catching up with Danika because we always skip the small talk and jump straight into the deep stuff and it's always hard not to keep talking for hours on end so it was such a treat to record this conversation for the podcast. We discuss her gift for making space for people to be their authentic selves, inheriting her eternal optimism from her parents and where her unwavering self-belief comes from. I always start off the same way with everybody and that's first of all to ask you how would you define what a gift is I think a gift is something if you think about it in sort of its purest sense is something that you are given something that is to be treasured and something that you can I guess hold on to develop over over time over your life I, I think it's it's something special really it's, it's something special that you should treasure. Do you feel like you've always thought about gifts in that way? Or, I mean, have you ever given it thought at all? I I think I probably have, with sort of my, my professional career hat on, probably not thought about gifts in a way, mm-hmm. but I've probably thought more about skills, talents, qualities. And when, when you think about a gift, I, I think about it as something that you give that you give to someone, that you offer to someone, rather than something that I might have myself, if that makes sense. Mm, so for it to be a gift, there's got to be someone on the other end that's sort of receiving the benefits from it, not just yourself. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that you can offer the world or offer someone that you love. And, and you know, that's that's how I've always seen what a gift would be. Mm-hmm. And so I asked you to have a think about what your top gifts in life are. So how did you sort of approach this exercise of thinking about what your gifts are? I really wanted to think about not just what I've just said to you in terms of talents, <laughs> professional skills, qualities. I yeah. wanted to think about something that I guess has always been within me that, you know, as I've got older, have been doing some more work on myself and more self-reflection and thinking about 
what it is that I have to offer the world and offer the people that I love. And, and that's sort of how I approached this. I thought about what makes me me really, but what makes me unique and, and different to, to other people. And I think approaching mm-hmm. it from sort of my unique points of difference and how that manifests in my personal life and my professional life, that's sort of how I, I narrowed it down. Okay. So had you ever ha- taken a moment to reflect in this kind of way before, or have you ever asked anyone else before what they think your gifts are? Yeah, I I think I went through this exercise and it's funny that I've now come back to sort of the professional life side of things because when I started my my business a couple of years ago and went through some coaching, professional coaching, there was that element of self-reflection that, that came that came mm. into it there. And I think that's sort of my first foray into that deeper self-reflection. And then with my friendships, it is something I feel very, very lucky to have such beautiful friends and have like, like you, Beck, and have this, (laughs) you know, be able to connect on a deeper level. And we do have those conversations about what we offer to each other, right? What is it that we Mm. offer in this friendship that makes it so beautiful and so special? And I think some of the gifts that I've narrowed down or the the three that we, we picked to talk about today have certainly come up in conversations with my best friends who have said, you know, I really value you because of X, Y, Z. Honestly, when you sent me the list, like, you know, I wasn't really, I, I wasn't surprised to be honest by what you sent me. Like it all, I felt like it, it all made sense to me knowing you as a person. So, so yeah, I mean, I, that's really lovely actually that, you have a lot of friendships where you do talk about this. I mean, I mean, I kind of wonder if it's you mainly facilitating these conversations or do you feel like it's everybody? That's a really good question. <laughs> I think, I hope that I create the space in my relationships that I can get people to that deeper level of self-reflection, inquiry, curiosity, support and awareness. I think that I'm lucky that a couple of my really close friendships are also there. So it's mutual. Mm -hmm. But if I think about sort of newer friendships and how I've, from the first sort of meeting, tried to just uh, uh, be be 100% myself and that is being... Mm -hmm super open. I'm a total open book. And I hope that I can kind of create that safe space for new friends to enter my life. And and not even new friends, really. Any Anyone who I encounter, I hope that I can create that environment that they do feel like they can be their true selves and they can totally open up and tell me what's making them happy and what's making them sad and really just be like the full slate of kind of human full spectrum of human emotion I know that sounds really deep and I you know but I I I love it I do hope that that is what I can bring as Mm -hmm. one of one of my gifts is that kind of openness and rawness Mm. in in relationships yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, one of your gifts that you did send over to me, you described it as an ability to understand people and make them feel understood. And, you know, that sounds like exactly like what you're talking about, you know, making space for people. But can you give me a little bit more detail about what what you mean by that gift? What does that include for you? I think this gift really comes down to just my ability to nurture and invest in relationships. I mean, my career is built on that. I'm in PR and communications. So I think it's it's something that I've probably developed over time, but it, it's, and it's quite a hard thing to articulate. And I'm sure that you're, you're questioning me will, will help to get deeper into that. <laughs> but I, I think it really is that just ability to truly ask someone how they're doing, how they're feeling. And, and I don't, yeah, I I really, I can't really articulate it any better than that. It's that just that 
sort of safe space and understanding, I guess, from a professional sense, then if you flip that, understanding people's needs and motivations and mm. concerns and hearing that and not just coming into it with my own agenda. And of course, in the field that I'm in, you know, there is, there is a, an agenda that is, you know, advancing, you know, the, the needs of the organization, for example, or my client, but it's meeting people halfway and meeting them where they're at and not expecting anything more than that. Mm. But I think it is something that I probably have developed over time because I would say that at my core, I'm unlearning to be a people pleaser as many women are. Ah, so, interesting. And, and I do, I have really high expectations of myself and I'm not going to lie. I have high expectations of the people that I love, but I'm really trying to unlearn that. And I think creating the space where people can be themselves. I think I do that because I show up as myself. Mm -hmm. So just not having a filter sometimes being silly being the first to steal the microphone, you know, at karaoke. That really, I've created like quite a few good friendships by just being <laughs> by being that that person. Being being extroverted, I guess, helps with that too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is really interesting. So, do you feel like this is this sort of ability to understand people and kind of? make them feel comfortable in that space is this something that you feel like you've always had and is it something that you've only recognized recently that you had or is it something that you've developed how does that sort of work for you I think it's something that I have realized fairly recently um Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I wanted to be friends with everyone. I mm-hmm. was I was the little girl in the playground that on holidays would go up to any any other child there and say, will you be my friend? To the point where <laughs> my parents still say that catchphrase to, to make fun of me today. But I really <laughs> did. I really wanted to just be everyone's friend. And mm-hmm. I think at school, it was... It was a pretty rough journey in terms of friendships for me. And mm-hmm. you're one of my you're one of my closest friends now, and we did go to school together. <laughs> and actually, quite a few of my now really close friends I did go to school together, but during high school was not super close with, which has been yeah. a really beautiful kind of evolution. But I constantly felt throughout my schooling years that I was sort of on the outer, on the outer circle of friend my friendship circles, and. I wonder if I've developed this, actually, it's really interesting that I didn't sort of slip into this way of being of needing to fit in and molding myself to fit in, because I think I always stayed true to myself and never was embarrassed or ashamed for my different interests or my, you know, ambition to do well. I was never ashamed or embarrassed of that. And I think I do have my beautiful parents to credit for, for that. But maybe I developed this ability to kind of observe social situations and observe Mm -hmm. people. And I think also being a strong empath, I think really helps in, you know, it can sometimes be a little bit of a burden because you go into a room and you're like, (laughs) oh, I can pick up on the negative energy here or, you know, but in in other ways, you know, you know when you are around people that lift you up. And I have just been really conscious about, spending more of my time now around people that really lift me up. And that isn't to say that I don't hold the space for my loved ones when they aren't, they're they're living their best life and being their best selves. But I I think that I've realised it pretty recently in a professional sense. And people who are in stakeholder engagement roles within the business sort of coming to me for advice on how to handle certain situations that are really built on relationships or navigating relationships. And that's quite a cool place to be in. And then that's when you really realize that, oh, okay, maybe this is a gift. Maybe this is something that not everyone has to offer. And how can I 
tune into that more and develop and flex that muscle more. But yeah, I think it, it, it was it was something that I've realized within the past 12 months that that this is something that I have to offer. Mm. Was there like a specific turning point that you can pinpoint where you, you switched that thinking? Yeah, I think very recently coming back to the UK and coming back into this new role, I think that's when I, when I've realized it. And it really was, as I said, when people started to look to me for advice on how to navigate this, you know, navigate tricky, tricky personalities or tricky situations. And yeah, I think, I think that probably was a turning point. And, and I say it within the past 12 months, I'd say that's probably within the past few months and really doing this exercise might have helped to kind of solidify that. But I think I probably started to get a bit of an inkling of this kind of ability to understand people and make them feel heard and understood and being able to offer advice by investing in my friendships back home in a big way when I was, when I was back in, in Brisbane during COVID and, and now, you know, coming back, I'm really, really intentional about investing in those relationships and continuing to invest in nurturing new relationships and friendships over here, but mm. making sure that I'm checking in constantly with, with my people back home, you know, who are very, very special to me and being on the other side of the world won't ever change that I'm, you know, I'm here and I'm here to be an ear, a shoulder. And I just, I, I love, I love feeling that people want to come to me for mm. advice. I find it really interesting that it's been work-related, this kind of turning point in kind of realising that this is something special about yourself. Have you always felt like this ability has been valued in a professional sense? Valued by others, I mean. If it has, it probably hasn't been articulated in, in that way. I. I think that it's people skills are considered soft skills in the workforce, I think. So, you know, if I think about starting my career, my capability was probably measured by how many pieces of media coverage I was able to secure, you know, or how mm. how clients liked working with me, which of course is back to the relationships and, and securing media coverage is back to the relationships too. But it's more about the, the output uh, that is valued rather than the intrinsic qualities that sometimes can't be learned mm-hmm. that maybe that maybe haven't been recognized in in a, in a workplace sense I would say throughout my career so far do you feel like you've always valued it probably not until recently okay mm. but that might be that I didn't really know that it is something to be valued, that it is something that is special and unique to me. I think it's always been something that, yeah, I'm good at nurturing relationships. I'm, you know, I'm, I am a people person. I'm an extrovert. I love putting myself out there. Like I've always kind of recognized it. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's who I am. But until I, saw it in myself and had people whose job it was to whose job it is to have that soft skill turn to me for advice and you start to then realize that is something to value so something else that i think is quite unique to you is what you've given me as another one of your gifts which is your eternal optimism and i can say i definitely see that gift in you can you describe this in a bit more detail to me what do you what do you mean by this i what i mean by this and this is probably a bit easier to articulate because i have recognized this in myself for well as long as as long as i can remember mm-hmm. how i describe my eternal optimism or as someone else one of my very closest friends described to me as my joie de vivre which I've actually had tattooed on my arm, is I think I have an ability to see the good 
as a baseline in people in other people in a situation mm-hmm. and have quite quite a, a pragmatic view that even if things are going badly at the moment or if it's tough and it it can be like it has been tested it has been tested in the past 12 months <laughs> I mean, more than than ever before but i think yeah this kind of pragmatic view that it's going to be okay it's and and dad actually messaged me the other day when i was having a bit of a wobble and he said better days ahead love and that's how he articulated it and i think honestly i am this way because of my parents and their outlook on life and my mom is just the most positive (laughs) sunny person in the world and that kind of outlook i guess is developed a bit of a like it's made me a resilient person but it's also made me I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction and manifestation and I have been able to attract so many beautiful experiences opportunities into my life people into my life and I I really do put it down to that optimistic outlook So, I mean, it's interesting that you say that you feel like it's come from your parents. So in that sense, like, you know, when you're growing up within your little family unit, you don't always realize that something that you as a family do is like different to other people. So again, was there a turning point at some point in your life, maybe in your childhood or adulthood where you realized, oh, like we're a family of optimists and actually that is kind of that is really different and unique I think it's just I think it is just encountering or meeting other people and realizing that people don't think the same way or that you see people that are really struggling and you know are are struggling through situations that in my in my mind I think you can switch that mindset, right? Like I think that sometimes, how do I, how do I put this? I, I struggle sometimes when I see people being negative about their situation when they are in the driver's seat and can control their mindset mm-hmm. and can control their life. So I, I, I think that, that, that that's, been, that's been quite jarring as well as like realising and respecting that people just, you know, think about life differently just yeah as I've grown up and as I've met other people that's probably been the realization that yeah I I I do think differently and it it can be like little encounters back it can be really little things like I could go into the office and I could say oh my god guys it was snowy last night like did you see the snow (laughs) and I could be so like elated of this beautiful weather change like but it doesn't yeah. take me much. Like I literally can't walk hundred meters without stopping to smell the roses. Like that's that's just how I am, and particularly about nature. But someone else might say, if I walk into the office, they might say, "Oh, it's just going to turn to sludge in the next couple of days, and it's going to be slippery, and it's so miserable." And actually, I think I encounter more people that have that mindset than I encounter more people mm. that are related about the snow, and that. That makes me feel, gosh, I don't know why that just got to me. (laughs) But that that makes me feel very lucky, very lucky that that is my default is to Mm. see the good, the good in things. I, I do, I do feel really blessed. I feel really blessed. Even though sometimes I struggle when I can be like, well, I just want to shake you and you can feel that way too. You can be as happy as I am, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I do struggle with that sometimes, but on the flip side, I have this like immense gratitude that that's the way that I think. Hmm. Yeah. I think when we're kids, you know, obviously we're under the influence of our parents and your parents are very optimistic people. So you've had that passed on to you. But then obviously we get older, you know, you start going to school, you're around other influences, then you're moving out of home, you're working and around a lot of other influences and, you know, you come across people like you were just describing who do take a more negative point of view. I really relate to that because I would say that I am 
an optimist by default as well. And, you know, I think that came from my family as well. And then I feel like as I've gotten older, the fact that I'm an optimist still, (laughs) despite living life, because we all have hardships and setbacks in life and, and peaks and troughs, I find that sometimes people, other people, interpret that as a naivety or they assume that I've never had any hardship in life. I wonder, do you relate to that? Is that your experience as well? That has been my experience and often I am deemed as a dreamer, Mm. which I am. I'm a a proud dreamer, but Mm. I make my dreams a reality and I think that leads to the next next gift that we (laughs) talked about. But really, yeah, I think, but to be honest, to be honest, hon, I think I do have a charmed life and I have had setbacks and I have I have had hardship. But really in the scheme of what some people have to go through, I am blessed, absolutely blessed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have a charmed life, but I have, I have obviously worked through hardships like everyone does Mm, but I think it's in it's in my ability to bounce back and to think better days ahead Mm. that and and to be really clear on where I'm heading and what my next step is and what I'm willing to tolerate and what I'm willing to sort of push through that help helps me remain positive even in the dark times darker times Mm. Yeah, I think obviously like you and I both have, you know, come from a privileged background and, you know, we both went to the same high school, really good school. And so I think definitely like our kind of like privilege baseline is very high. But then I do think that something we have in common is that we don't take it for granted and we're aware that our troubles are not as big as others, but I just think not all of our peers are like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think, I think you're right. And that's the most annoying thing is that like, if I think about how I would give advice to someone that I love who might be benchmarking their troubles against what other people are going through, my first thing would say, first thing I would say is, you know, your your problems and your struggles are absolutely valid and you don't need to compare yourself or compare what you're going through to what others are. So mm. I just got to remember that sort of little voice in my head as well. What I'm, but, but I think you've articulated it beautifully is it is that kind of we, we do come from, you know, a very privileged upbringing and, you know, and, and we've been lucky to have this sort of beautiful baseline to start our lives and we've taken those opportunities with both mm. of our hands and grasped them. And now we, we are, yeah, we're, we're making the most, making the most of what, what, we've, what we've been given and hopefully sharing our gifts. With <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I, you, you mentioned at the very start that you, you consider gifts to be something that, you know other people benefit from you know it's important to you that other people benefit from your gifts I think being an eternal optimist you know obviously that imprints upon other people I do think most of the time optimism is you know can be contagious but I guess this question applies to like anything that you consider a gift not just this one but how you know sometimes people are not going to be receptive to it (laughs) how do you first of all recognize if someone is just not one of your people you know they're not and they're not receptive to this optimism and then how do you then like deal with that yourself and kind of just you know keep going keep the optimism going regardless just knowing okay that's not that person's not receptive I think I hinted at it before that sometimes I just want to shake those people (laughs) (laughs) 
think think how good your life could be if you just were a bit more positive but no I, I I try because yeah you're right not everyone is going to always meet me at that level and nor nor should they if they're if they are unwilling to see beyond the clouds for whatever reason I just hope that whatever seed I can plant or whatever interaction I can have with that person is going to have some sort of positive influence or positive impact on their life. And I think if we just talk about sort of interactions with strangers, I can sometimes take it really personally if like I literally was walking down Camden High Street the other day and a guy walked smack bang into me, like was walking and just continued to walk. And <laughs> I mean, I literally like was like, what the? I was like, are you right, mate? Like I, I lost it, which I think is anyone's normal it went reaction. Full Aussie on him. <laughs> I went full Aussie. I went full Aussie on him, which I think is anyone's normal reaction if they get yeah. completely clobbered by, by someone. He just kept storming off. I didn't even think. Often, so my immediate reaction sometimes is that was really shit behavior or like, I don't deserve that. Or like, I, I know I, I, that's, I feel that instantly. But then I always try and reflect and think, what is going on in that person's life? And I don't always do that. I have, I, like, I'm not here saying, I can always think, you know, put myself in other people's shoes. But I really, really do try. If someone is rude or not like, yeah, mean for no reason, unkind, unkindness and disrespect, you know, I I generally have a pretty zero tolerance for that. Mm. And and if it's and if it's repeat behavior, if it's repeat behavior by people around, I'm I know to your point, they're not they're not my people and I will just distance if I if I'm if I'm able to distance but usually if it's a interaction with a stranger that knocks me I try and think about putting myself in their shoes and what has their day been like and that that has literally been another thing that my dad's instilled in me is mm. always thinking about someone else's perspective and think about if you get cut off in traffic for example what's happened in their, their day or where are they heading that has made them behave or act or react in a certain way. But if it's someone that is just, I guess, not matching me on my level, or as I said, not able to see the sun through the clouds at that particular time, I hope that if I can offer a smile or a kind word or a good morning or, you know, just something little that hopefully it just plants that seed of optimism in their day that will hopefully yet lead them, lead them to discover the joy of life. <laughs> oh I love that I feel like this also really connects well with like the first gift we were talking about of understanding people yeah I feel like your your gifts that we're talking about today are quite interconnected using that that empathy and ability to kind of see people to yeah sort of work out when to tap into your other gifts for their benefit I suppose you know checking to see if they're receptive and knowing you I know that your optimism isn't naive and you don't naively try and fling your optimism on other people you know you're not there going oh like just think positive and your life will be amazing like I think I feel like the people that you're talking about where you just want to shake them it's like you know that they've had a similar level of privilege to you and it's like you're disappointed that they're not thinking in that similar way to you and like come on like you have had the same background as me really similar background like why aren't you doing something with it yeah yeah I think you're spot on there and that's really beautiful of you to say thank you that you know I don't I don't just fling my optimism yeah really but it's it's intent it really is an intentional and I think I hope, I really hope that I can role model what this way of life can look like, what what actually chasing your dreams looks like. You can be a dreamer and you can actually build the most beautiful life that you can imagine and every, you can have everything that you want. If you work hard towards your goals, if you are kind as a baseline to the people that you interact with, if you 
you can listen and understand people. And if you show up as your authentic self and then if you work intentionally towards your goals, like I think that that is the formula for having a really, yeah, happy and, and beautiful life. Yeah. I think something that I really respect about you, but like also just I, I always like people that are like this, but you're a doer. I, I feel like I'm a dreamer as well, but like I feel like I'm putting my I'm trying to put my dreams into practice, you know. I think that's actually like a really good link to your third gift that you've mentioned and that is your you've described it as an unwavering self-belief. And I think well, I'll 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 get I'll allow you to go into a bit more detail about what this gift is, but I do feel like this is not just you know a, a mental belief you are actually putting this gift into practice like into action as well so yeah can you tell me a little bit about what you mean by this and you know how you're putting this gift into action yeah I I think that this is it comes down to sort of drive and ambition and I I think I've I think I've always had this gift and I've kind of been quite headstrong I was quite a headstrong young lady and I I do have sort of really clear goals and a really clear path myself and bless my beautiful husband he is just the most supportive human in the world and literally you know he has his own goals and his dreams but he he is willing to maneuver them and kind of you know <laughs> maneuver them alongside my 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 dreams and my goals and kind of just really just props me up and I'm so grateful and I just wanted to yeah give give him a call out because he shout out to it. Elliot shout out to Elliot but uh, I think well I, I think it's, it's very important to acknowledge that because I would not be who I am I've basically grown up with the man and I would not be who I am or where I am if I didn't have his his support to be able to just chase my dreams and to cultivate this, you know, sense of self-belief. And I think it's, I have this because everyone else who I love around me props me up. And I think there is something in that and back to kind of the people pleasing and that kind of need validation a little bit. But it, it does, it, it, I truly believe in myself as well. You know, like Janika has a soul, she can go get it. And when my, my, when my people echo back to me, you inspire me to go after my own goals and dreams. And you are, you know, you're killing it. You're, you're doing it. You're actually going out and doing it. You said you wanted to do this. And now, yeah, you're living back in London and, you know, living a very beautiful life here and I think it's the way I've always approached it always is having that kind of really clear long-term goal or vision for where I want to be and then working backwards and creating like small micro goals to get me on that path but also I'll say that my path changes like my vision for my future changes and and it has done like we were talking having this conversation I don't know, like 18 months ago, I was back in Brisbane building my business and then an opportunity landed on my lap to come back to London in a great job, you know, doing sustainability communications, which I didn't see for myself. And now I'm kind of on this new path and I guess all roads eventually point back to Australia and <laughs> and here's my dream of coming out and my life on the farm in Mulaney, you know, consulting oh, for luxury brands. Like that's, you know, that's the goal. Yeah. That's the vision that I've just shared with everyone. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's it's just this kind of, I, I know, I know within my being that that is where I'm going to be in 10 years' time. I, I can see my life and I... Like, like I said, can, can, there's, there's going, going to be some swerves along the way. There's, there's going, going to be, but I just know that everything with, is within my reach if I put my mind to it. And, and I think that's, that's where the, what's, what's got me, what's got me to have the most beautiful experiences and opportunities is that really kind of 
straight, like, like inner strength and self-belief and self-confidence. I, 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 this is another thing that I'm truly grateful for is, I mean, we all have insecurities, but I think mine are few and far between. And that doesn't make me, well, Lisa, I hope you can tell me. That doesn't make me a, you know, a narcissist or a cocky person, but I think that sometimes we associate confidence and self-belief as those kind of negative negative traits. And I think it's something that women do probably more so. And actually leaning into those qualities or gifts of believing in yourself and mm, loving your uniqueness and showing up as that and then getting that validation back from the people that you love that actually that's pretty cool. Like how you show up, that's like, that's, that's cool and I want that. That just drives me more. That fuels me more because hopefully I am, by being true myself and believing in myself and going after my dreams and being a kind human along the way, I think that that hopefully inspires others to, to do the same. I think, like, it's interesting to me that you're saying that this comes from the people around you. Are you sure it's not something that you also just inherently have? I think I think it is something that I, yeah, I think it is something that I inherently have. Mm. And I don't know whether that's something that's been, actually, no, I think it probably is something that I was born with. I think I, 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 I can only remember myself being like that and I think you're I think you're quite the same like I think if we if we think about our like younger childhoods you know you had your dance and I would do I dance as well definitely not as good as you were but but I would perform you know like I would I would want to be like I have this kind of real confidence within myself like when from when I was very little and so maybe it is something that is inherent within me and that I've developed as I've gotten older, but yeah. And I guess that that is a gift, right? Something that you are, that you were bestowed upon you, you know, that I've, I've, I, I, it is a unique, a uniqueness. Probably is something that I just am very lucky to have. I think also going back to what you were saying about women in particular, feeling like, oh, you know, I hope I don't come across as like, you know, being, you know, full of myself or whatnot. I kind of always think of this, I kind of call it quiet confidence. I think the people that do big songs and dances about what they think that they're amazing at and just kind of carry on a bit, I think they're kind of compensating. But I think real confidence is self-awareness and being comfortable with yourself and in your skin and then you don't have to kind of do a big song and dance about it because it actually infiltrates everything that you do so it's it's there your your the way you just go about your life is demonstrating that confidence yeah, yeah that, that that really resonates, resonates with me that, that really resonates, resonates with me and I know that I said earlier that, you know, getting that kind of validation from my loved ones of like, oh, you, you are, you have such a strong sense of self and, and that's really inspiring. I think on the flip side is that if you've had too much of that and it kind of feels false, like from young, from a young age. Right then you get this inflated sense of self, I think. And then there isn't sort of that core being, that core inner knowing. And I I think it is those little setbacks, like like maybe not fitting in so well into friendship groups or being excluded from things or you know, being the best in swimming in, in primary school and going to high school and having that knocked out of you should competing with girls from all over and then I, you know, my life was swimming when I was little and now and then I go to high school and then I, I lose it because I realize I'm not as good I'm not as good as everyone or you know wanting to sing and perform when I was younger and then getting older and realizing actually my voice is probably best kept to 
characters or belting out Elton, you know, at a party. And having my dad bless him, love him, but saying to me, you know, just maybe maybe just keep keep singing, like, in your bedroom, singing in the shower. It is those little kind of little nudges that you have that make you realise that, okay, maybe... Maybe I can apply myself in different ways, or maybe you know it's not giving that inflated sense of ego and inflated sense of self. It's that reality of actually, I'm not I'm not the greatest at this, and that's okay. But I'm going to try anyway, or I'm going to apply myself in other ways. And I think it's those little things that I've had throughout my childhood growing up that have has built my resilience and made me realise that. I can put my mind to anything. I can literally do whatever I want to do. I may not be the best at that, but I'm going to give it a try anyway. Mm, I love that. And I just love like real confidence is also knowing when you're not the best at something, but either doing it anyway or thinking, oh, I don't really want to do that and that's fine. And it not really being that bigger blow it's it's like it's yeah th- this kind of confidence it is separate from ego and also I think it's tied in with action and behavior so you know you can have kids growing up with their parents just treating them like the sun shines out of them but then they kind of don't do anything with that and so it does just kind of become like this inflated sense of self but if you're constantly putting it into action, then I think that's that's where the real confidence is. It just comes through your behaviour. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's almost, you know, not, not being given everything on a silver platter or constantly praised for all the things that you are good at and then needing that kind of reinforcement always. But... Mm having a healthy balance of, you know, praise from the people that you respect and and that you love, but then praise also just taking the steps along the journey, you know, praise for giving it a go, for giving it your best shot. And another coming out with all of the the Brad and Kerry Turner-isms today, but, you know, Mum always said to me, you, you can only do your best and your best is pretty bloody good. So, you know, it's, it's, it's positive enforcement, reinforcement in that way that the steps along the way to where you get to are just as important. And I think that just applying myself and approaching life in that way of keep, keep, keep working towards your goals because... It, 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 you, you will, will you will you will get there you will get there in the end and if you don't then that's not your path and i yeah i'm a, I'm a firm believer in the universe kind of just always throwing it up to the universe and that's really how i learned back in the uk is will will this opportunity come up again where, where will this opportunity take us yeah okay well, let's give it a go let's give it a go and it's been yeah, a beautiful decision and we'll see, we'll see where it takes us. But, you know, not being so fixed, not being so fixed in, in your mindset as well. It's having a clear view of the life that you want to live in the next five, ten years or longer and being okay with it being maybe not all planned out, but knowing, knowing that the decisions that you make will eventually lead you on that path to where you want to be. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So to kind of start to wrap up everything that we're talking about, I think it's really clear that you are someone that values the journey and you're, you know, in the middle of your journey. And I think even before we've sat down to do this podcast, you have been sort of thinking about your goals and your dreams in this kind of way, like you've already been thinking about it in this way, how connected are all of these things that we've talked about today? How connected are they to 
your identity and how you perceive yourself on this journey that you're in the middle of? I think they're very connected to my identity. The more self-reflection I've been doing and I think connected to when I started my business and was sort of, yeah, starting, starting to kind of go, go a bit more inward and, and think about sort of what, what my qualities are to be able to then build a successful business. And, yeah, it, it, it is funny that it is connected to my professional life and I guess that kind of is quite connected to my identity and how I see myself as well. But I, I think coming back to sort of this gift that I offer people, I, I think a, 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 a lot about my purpose as well. And I think that's what I, when I was doing the self-reflection when I started my business was really thinking about what is my personal purpose and how is that connected to my purpose or my, my, my business. And this kind of all boiled down to, I guess, this ability to inspire others through the way that I live my life by being optimistic by giving people the space to be themselves and by being my, my true self and then by having this kind of unwavering sense of self-belief and ambition and working hard towards my dreams and showing others that that's possible. I think it is really connected to who I am as a person. I think it, is, it totally sums up kind of most facets of who I am and that's why this has been such a beautiful exercise to just take a beat after a very busy sort of 12 months picking up our lives and moving overseas to to reconnect to that and reconnect to what it is that I think that I'm here in this life to do. So yeah, I think that those three gifts are intrinsically linked to my identity and, and who, I, who I feel like I am in this world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Topmast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.